Hello and welcome back to another episode of Tech Weekly, a podcast dedicated to exploring the latest in the world of tech, crypto, fintech and beyond. I'm Nassim da Silva and joining me as ever are Lily Russell-Jones, City AM's crypto reporter and Charlie Conchi, City AM's investment reporter. We've got two stories today. There's been a $3.6 billion recovery of stolen crypto and there's been some bad news for the London Stock Exchange. So, Lily, what's been the big Bitfinex update? Two people have been charged. What's been going on there? So this week, two people were arrested and charged for trying to launder $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin stolen in a hack of crypto exchange Bitfinex. So Bitfinex was hacked in 2016 and nearly 120,000 Bitcoin were stolen. At the time, it was worth around $72 million. But fast forward to today and it's worth upwards of $5 billion. U.S. law enforcement arrested Ilya Lichtenstein, a 34-year-old living in New York, and his partner Heather Morgan, who's 31. We were told that $3.6 billion worth of crypto has been recovered. So that's the largest ever crypto confiscation of its kind. We think that happened earlier this month because a couple of media outlets, including City AM, reported that crypto had been moved from a wallet address associated with the hack to a new address. It looks like that might have been the outcome of a joint investigation by the FBI, Homeland Security and IRS to recover the money, which was found to have come into an account controlled by Liechtenstein after it was stolen from Bitfinex. Mm. And uh, there's been some talk about Heather Morgan's uh, online presence, uh, specifically her rap music. Uh, Why are people talking about this? Yeah, so one of the bizarre twists in this story is that Heather Morgan, so the wife of Lichtenstein, is an amateur rapper. Um, So people were looking into the backgrounds of this couple because they were kind of charged in in connection with this hack. And the media quickly found that Morgan is an amateur rapper who raps under the name Razzle Khan. She describes herself as the crocodile of Wall Street. So that's been a phrase which has been bandied about in the media quite a lot. And she's also a tech entrepreneur who's written for Forbes regularly. So a very interesting character. Yes, for sure. Uh, And uh, are there any updates to the case? So the couple were arrested and charged on Tuesday and they appeared Mm. in a New York court later that day. They face charges for conspiring to commit money laundering as well as trying to defraud the United States. In the court on Tuesday afternoon, their bail was set at 5 million for Liechtenstein and 3 million for Morgan. They're going to be under house arrest and prevented from trading crypto until a hearing kicks off. Mm. So what does this mean for crypto criminals? I think it shows that US law enforcement have the capabilities to track people down when funds are stolen. Mm. Um, I think there's an assumption in the crypto space that things like tumblers or privacy coins and privacy wallets prevent coins from being traceable. What Deputy Attorney General Lisa O'Monaco said was that today's arrest and the department's largest financial seizure ever show that cryptocurrency is not a safe haven for criminals. So in addition to the IRS, the FBI and Homeland Security's investigation to track down the funds, Elliptic, which is a blockchain analytics firm, has been looking into where the funds have gone and they've been mapping their movements. Something that they said was that a small amount of the funds had gone through centralized exchanges or exchanges that use KYC, which is know your customer checks. And that means that they said it was likely that the couple were identified through some of these exchanges, which would have had an identity for them. And so how has Bitfinex responded to this story then? So I think Bitfinex said that they're very pleased with the recovery of the funds. They've been cooperating with the Department of Justice in the US. And so they said they really appreciated the dedication and hard work Mm. that's led to the recovery of the funds. 
I think though the reputational damage which Bitfinex suffered as a result of the hack is obviously ongoing. There's also been another kind of controversy which has surrounded them as in February last year, they reached like an $18.1 million settlement with the New York court because it was found that Tether and Bitfinex were concealing the loss of $850 million of client and corporate funds. Mm. Um, So there's been another kind of controversy there, which has kind of hampered their progress. And Charlie, so the government's had a blow to its uh, listing ambitions for tech companies. Yes. So last week, we we looked a bit at government's kind of attempts to review the listing regime and go on a bit of a charm offensive Mm. to essentially tempt more tech firms into going public in London. Um, So last week, Downing Street met with a number of tech bosses. There were kind of various different measures being discussed about what London could do to become more attractive. Uh, There was obviously the Lord Hills review last year as well, which was a big review into the listing regime. Mm. But those plans have been struck a a major blow in this last week because ARM, which is one of the country's sort of most exciting and certainly one of its most strategically important tech businesses, it's a chip manufacturer, Mm. looks looks like it is heading to New York for a listing. So ARM had been subject to a a $40 billion bid from its American rival NVIDIA, which had come under all sorts of kind of regulatory pressures in the US, Europe and the UK on competition grounds. It would have been the biggest deal in the industry's history. So there was concerns that it would hinder competition. Mm. Um, And after that deal fell through, which was announced on Tuesday, Japanese owner of ARM, SoftBank, um, said it's now planning to list the firm and in a conference, press conference, Masayoshi Son said he favoured NASDAQ for a flotation. So quite the blow just a week after that meeting with tech leaders to discuss how London could become a, an IPO capital. Right. And so how much of a blow is this to London's ambitions? So I think the political reaction does say a lot about how significant this is as a blow. Uh, Whitehall source told us this week that it shouldn't be a surprise that ministers would like a British success story like Arm to Float in London, a Treasury spokesperson, although not commenting specifically on the deal, said it was going to push ahead with reforms and really prioritise making the capital more attractive for firms to go public in London. Mm. Tory MP Anthony Brown, whose constituency covers Arm's headquarters, told us that it was vital the firm floated in the capital. Mm. Uh, He said ownership matters, particularly when it comes to such a strategically important company. And kind of went on to say that as a nation, we've been too casual about giving up such offerings. I think looking back, what is quite um, interesting is the fact that Arm was dual listed in London and New York up until 2016. Mm. And it was kind of hailed by the government as a, a real success story when it was taken private by SoftBank for $32 billion. So it is interesting and perhaps a touch sad that we're now looking back on it as a firm that's going to be heading towards a New York flotation. <laughs> Why would um, a company list in New York rather than the UK? So I think it's primarily a question of valuation and Mm. a New York listing on the NASDAQ will retrieve a much higher valuation for the firm. And that was what Masayoshi Son said to reporters as well. But there are advantages to listing in London as well. Uh, So Arm was listed on the London Stock Exchange previously. The, The sort of mechanisms are in place. The teams are in place in the UK. I spoke with some tech leaders this week who said, the kind of cumbersome approach of going to New York, setting up a new financial team in New York are potentially reasons that it might be interested in a London listing. But the the prevailing opinion at the moment does seem to be that it's going to be heading to New York. Mm. 
And so what, what can be done about this? Is it all doom and gloom? So we chatted with a few of the sort of tech industry leaders this week, um, tech industry bodies. And I think they were, while keen for London and the government to push ahead with listing reforms, mm. they did stress what a positive place London is in at the moment for IPOs. So Stephen Kelly at Tech Nation pointed to the fact last year saw records across the board, mm. um, 37 IPOs and tech IPOs leading the London Stock Exchange for the first time. Janine Hur of FinTech Industry Body Innovate Finance simply said that there was a lot of momentum at the moment. It was in a good place um, and everything was moving in the right direction. But again, called for that, that kind of overhaul to be pushed forward as quickly as possible mm. and for a, potentially another review and alteration of the listings regime to go ahead. And simply Rush Shaw at Tech London Advocates and uh, head of Global Ad Tech Advocates as well was really keen to stress that the US has been in this this sort of space for a long time. It does have a slightly more mature market when it comes to tech listing, mm. but that London is on the up and heading in the right direction. And that's all for this week. Thanks to Lily and Charlie for their contributions and thanks to everyone for listening. We hope you've enjoyed and gleaned some value from today's episode. See you next week. Bye for now.